Um, good morning and Merry Christmas. Santa. I feel I can officially say that as it's um, less than two weeks to go now, 10 days in fact. Who's excited? Anyone excited? Woohoo! Not many of you. Um, who was here last week for our Christmas production? Who was here? Fantastic. Anyone here for the first time? Any hands here? Wow. Fantastic. Well, I hope um, you uh, enjoyed it. And it was um, amazing, wasn't it? And you know, we're so blessed in this church, aren't we, with the, with the talent that we have. And it's here um, I want to make a confession to. You see, I'm not really Welsh. Last week um, was amazing, and we're, we're going to continue, like Dan said, with a perfect theme right up until Christmas. This morning, I'm talking on perfect plans. Next week, Dan Bennett, our associate pastor, will be looking at perfect people. Then on Christmas Eve, it's our senior pastor, Leon, Leon Evans, looking at perfect peace. And then we finish on Christmas Day with the perfect present. Yes, for those of you who noticed, there's a lot of peas there. And for those that did, I've got two more. We purposely planned it that way. <laughs> no, we didn't. We're, we're not that clever. So, um, perfect plans. Christmas is great, isn't it? But I don't know what it is about this one day that causes normally respectable, normally rational people to totally lose it for a number of weeks, for a number of weeks. People reverting back to their childhood ways. People wearing all sorts of weird, unfashionable clothing. Santa suits, Santa hats, particularly jumpers though, that they'd never normally be seen dead in. <laughs> There's even a day allocated now to it. You see, Friday, maybe it's a day as well, I think I missed the memo here. Friday Just Gone was officially named Christmas Jumper Day where thousands of people wore Christmas jumpers to raise money for charity. That's great, isn't it? Uh, but as well as jumpers, there also seems to be a sudden fascination, fascination, even an addiction to Christmas lights. Christmas lights are everywhere. There's lights on trees, in windows, in gardens, in bushes, on roofs, on ties, on hats, and then coming back to where I started on those Christmas jumpers. And this got me thinking, do people actually plan this? Or does the Christmas season just take over them? We do all make plans for Christmas, and some start a lot earlier than others. For some, that's September. <laughs> and some plan in a lot more detail, don't they? But we do all make plans for Christmas. For some of you, everything is done. And it's been done for a while. The decorations are up, the Christmas music is playing, the presents are bought and wrapped and they're under the tree. But your plans don't stop there. You're already planning now for your Christmas dinner. <laughs> you know exactly when you'll start preparing the veg. You've already planned what you're watching when you're putting your little crosses in your sprouts there. I used to think that was the only Christians that did that, but... but, but <laughs> But apparently, it, it helps them to cook um, better. <laughs> You've worked out what size turkey you're having. You've ordered it, and you know how long it's going to take to cook. You know exactly when you'll be sitting down to eat your Christmas lunch. Or you think you do. <laughs> 
Because sometimes our plans don't work out, do they? For some as well, you've done nothing yet. You've planned to leave it till the last minute. See, Christmas doesn't start for you guys until Christmas Eve. You're the ones that wait to get the bargains. You like to do it all in one go. I can imagine Dan sprinting around the shops there now to get Rachel a present. <laughs> You're a lot more relaxed with it. And let's be honest here, it is the men usually, isn't it? This sometimes pays off and it sometimes doesn't. And your wife may know that Christmas day. <laughs> but nevertheless, they're the plans you've made and you're sticking with them. And it's here. We often put a higher expectation on ourselves at Christmas, don't we? We strive for perfection. Our plans really do have to be perfect. Or Christmas just isn't Christmas. Hmm. We can overcompensate at Christmas too. You see, the other 11 months may not have worked out as you planned. So we put all our extra energy, don't we, into making this the highlight of the year. But real life doesn't work that way. And we often, and often the plans we have don't actually go to plan. Cara, my youngest daughter, was three on Thursday. And my wife, um, Dee, and myself both booked the day off um, and made plans to give her a fun-filled day. It would start with breakfast. She loves going out um, for beans on toast. Then we had a cinema trip planned, and then also a visit to see Santa and some real reindeer. The night before her birthday, we let her stay up that little bit later. There was lots of um, excitement. Um, bedtime at the normal time, it wasn't going to happen. Um, she, wasn't, um, she didn't want to sleep. Um, we did um, put her to bed at 8 o'clock, but she was still wide awake at midnight. It's here that she comes into bed with us. Um, we read a, a, a story to try and settle her down. And we tell her that she has to try and sleep as we have a big day planned for her tomorrow. And that if she's tired, she really won't enjoy it. She does settle for about 10 minutes. But then what happens next is both unbelievable and horrendous. Some of you may want to cover your ears. See, she's violently sick everywhere. All over D, all over herself, all over the bed, all over the pillows, everywhere. I escaped it. <laughs> but it just kept coming. I've never seen so much sick from a little person. Many of you parents have been there. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's the middle of the night, and now everyone's wide awake. There's also a huge cleanup operation to undertake, as well as looking after a poorly little girl. <laughs> I share that because myself and Dee had made great plans. We really wanted to give Cara a day she would remember. And we will remember it, but for all <laughs> the wrong reasons. And that's because the plans we make often don't actually go to plan, do they? Some of you know this to be true in your own life. And the plans you may have had for it, the dreams you once had, the dreams you still have, but it hasn't planned out that way for you yet. You're still waiting. And there's some of you that have had your plans dramatically changed. You didn't expect to be where you are now. You may feel as if you've been dealt a cruel hand. 
This wasn't what you signed up for. This wasn't how it was supposed to be. I want to say to you this morning that God is not finished with you yet. The plans he has for you might not be fully accomplished. And I don't know why, why where you are um, in your journey. But what I do know and what I take confidence in when things are tough for me is that the Bible tells me and it tells you actually that God is always good. That he works all things together for good for those that love him. And that he has plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future, not to harm you. (laughs) And this often takes time to work out, doesn't it? But I want you to know that God walks with you as he works it out. And I want you to know that God has a bigger and greater plan for your life than you can ever have for yourself. And it may not always feel perfect, but with God in control, it really is perfect. You see, he always knows what you need. There were lots of people in the Bible who had their plans changed dramatically too, didn't they? We see it time and time again. What we also see is when these people surrender their plans, the plans that they had, and they give them over to God, that's when he steps in. And there's nothing wrong with making plans. But we should always be open for God to interrupt the ones we do make so that his can prevail. You see, and I'm not sure about you here, but I don't want to be so busy carrying out my plans that I miss the ones God has for me. We're going to look at a story in the Bible that you may all know very well. It's about a couple who had their plans changed dramatically. But as a result of that happening, Jesus, Jesus Christ, the saviour of the world was born. And there's nothing bigger or greater than that, is there? See, God's plan for Mary and Joseph was incredible. He chose them to be the parents of this baby, of this coming king that would not only change history, but shape it forever. All of eternity is changed because of it. And every single person can now step into it. And he's made right with God because of Jesus, which came about because of the plans God had for Mary and Joseph. Wow. God has plans for every single one of us. See, it's always his plan to use us. Everyone sitting in this room, everyone that may listen to this podcast, whether you realize it or not, whether you've accepted him or not, God has a perfect plan for you. You see, you're his perfect plan. You're his perfect plan to this world right now. He doesn't need anything else or want anything else other than you and then to perfect his plan through you. But in order for that to happen, we have to be prepared to have our plans interrupted and then possibly to surrender the plans we did have to let them go in order for something bigger, something greater for our lives. Mary and Joseph did this. And this morning, I particularly want to focus on Joseph, the person that God chose to be the father of his son on earth. I don't think there's a higher calling than that. It's an amazing compliment, isn't it, to be chosen like that. But Joseph in this story is often overlooked. 
what we may instinctively know about Joseph is that he was a carpenter. And this is something that came back to haunt Jesus later in his ministry. You see, once when Jesus was teaching in his synagogue in his own town, in his hometown, um, everyone was amazed by his teaching. Everyone was amazed by him. This story is in Matthew 13, and you can check it um, if you want to. See, when Jesus had finished teaching, the people asked, isn't this the carpenter's son? Where then did he get these things? I want to show you this morning that Joseph was more than just a carpenter. And actually, this is a lesson to us all right here, to never be defined by what you do. You see, it's who we are in Christ that really matters. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, and we'll read verses 18 and 19. If you haven't, don't worry, it should um, come up on the screen. So it says this, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So Joseph was pledged to be married to Mary. It had all been arranged. Their families would have come together. Close friends, acquaintances, neighbors, in the area that they lived, they would have known this. Joseph had made plans to marry Mary, to spend the rest of his life with her. His whole future with Mary was ahead of him. But then everything changed. His whole world got turned upside down. (laughs) Mary found out she was pregnant, but she assured him it was through the Holy Spirit and that she'd been chosen by God to give birth to the Savior of the world. And what we see in verse 19 is what God saw all the time, and it's why he chose Joseph to father Jesus. See, it says, because Joseph was faithful to the law. And in some translations, it says righteous. And those two words, they're very similar. See, Joseph, Joseph is righteous. He doesn't lose it. He doesn't lose it when he hears this news. He doesn't go go out and get drunk to drown his sorrows. He doesn't want to hurt her. He doesn't want to insult her. He doesn't want to gossip about her. In fact, he does the opposite. He wants to honor her. You see, he may not fully understand what Mary um, has told him, and that's because he hasn't heard himself from God yet. But there's a rest lesson right there for all of us too. You know, before we react to something or to someone, we should really pause and invite God to speak into that situation. What Joseph does know, and this is because he's a man of character and sensitivity, is that he doesn't want to disgrace her. You see, this would have been huge in in the culture that they lived in. Mary could have been stoned to death if Joseph would have reacted differently. But because he is faithful, the Bible says, he has plans to leave her quietly. Let's look at the next couple of verses, 20 to 23. It says this, 
But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Wow. So Joseph, after making plans to marry Mary, now has plans to divorce her. The Bible says that he considered this. But it's here also that God comes up with a different plan, a greater plan. An angel of the Lord appears to Joseph and he speaks to him and he tells him not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit that the son she will give birth to is to be called Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. As this is huge. God does have an amazing plan for Joseph but he still has the choice he still has a choice whether to accept it or not. So he could still have done a runner. He could still have walked away. He had the choice whether to step into it or not. And I want to say at this point, and many of you again know this to be true in your own lives, God's plan for your life isn't always the easiest option. See, it may involve some risk. It may require you to step out of your comfort zone. It will always require you to trust God, to hold on to what he said, because it's only God that will accomplish the plans he has for you. And I know this to be true in my own life. I knew it when I came back to God, when I gave my life to him in a graveyard not too far away. I knew that it was a bigger reason than just for myself. I knew what God had done for me but I also knew it wasn't just for me. I was called to pass it on. I knew that God was calling me to ministry, but it didn't happen overnight. You see, I didn't have Joseph's character to to begin with. That needed to be worked on. (laughs) I also had my own plans. I I got married um, and was working, and I wanted to provide for my family. See, I always thought that I would save I'd I'd save money and then go to Bible college. And once I'd done that, that's how I'd I'd get into ministry. I always felt a strong calling. and was often um, frustrated that nothing was happening. I wasn't really saving any money either. And this was adding to my frustration. I kept saying, um, next year I'll start saving. Or by the time I'm this age, um, I'll get it together and I'll have this in place. I did have a plan, well, sort of a plan, but it kept changing. And a few years into my marriage, I had a really um, bad accident, and I was off work for um, a considerable time. And as a result, I, I couldn't go back to work. And this was a huge blow financially. And I thought it, it would, the plan I had then would just be further and further put back. I didn't think it would happen for, for a while but then it was, it was then that God spoke to me. And I really felt him say, this is now your time to step up. 
This is now your time to start serving. And I was like, what? (laughs) I was down to nothing. Had nothing. But I had to trust God completely. See, God had uh, a greater plan. And it's sometimes not how we always expect it or would want it. But I want to say it is always perfect for us. And I can say that now looking back. You see, I'd have still been probably saving, still frustrated if I hadn't acted on what God had said. See, I had to trust God totally. And I want to tell you guys, I saw his faithfulness time and time again. See, God's, seeing God's plan prevail for my life was awesome. Still is. I love it. But what's better for me is having the privilege of seeing it for others too. You know, being at the start and being able to encourage others uh, for the plans that God has for them blows me away every time. God wants to use us all. He wants to use you, but it often requires action and surrender. See, we have to act. We have to step into what God is saying. We have to trust what he's saying. We have to trust that his plans are perfect for us. And it also then requires surrender. See, it may mean letting go of some of the plans you have in order that God can fulfill his plans for you. Those ones to prosper you. (laughs) Those ones to give you a hope and a future. Coming back to the Bible story, um, and this is what Joseph does too. See, he sacrifices his plans. He lays them down in order to follow God's perfect plan. Verses 24 and 25 say this. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph, after hearing from God, acted and surrendered. The Bible tells us that he woke from his dream. And then he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. He acted on what was said. And he took Mary home to be his wife. By doing this, he also surrendered the plans he had to divorce her. And he did that in order to follow God's perfect plan. Joseph is an amazing man of character. And he's an example to us all. As we look to God to fulfill the plans he has for our lives. And I want to close by looking at some character traits Joseph had and then how he passed them on. And then like Joseph, how we can do the same. You see, right at the beginning of the story, we're told that Joseph is faithful, that he's righteous. God often develops that in our character as he uses us. But Joseph, he had it at the start. He had it at the beginning. It was already there. And for us as Christians, our character is just as important today. You see, often people judge us, not by what we say, but what we do. You see, we have to live out what we say we believe. And that requires character. Joseph was also sensitive to God. See, in the story, when Mary tells him him the news, 
He doesn't get angry. He doesn't lose it when he hears that she's pregnant. He doesn't want to bring shame on her. He doesn't want to expose her for what's happened. And for me, this is huge. It's a real sign of his walk with God and how sensitive he is to the things of God. He wants no malice for her. He passes no judgment onto her. He plans to do what he had in mind discreetly. There's no Facebook post, guys. And this is where we can all learn a lesson too. We can all be more like Joseph when we're wronged. See, we need to be more sensitive when it comes to dealing with people when they hurt us. And we can do this by first being more sensitive to God and what he might say on the matter. It's what Joseph did, and it's a great example, isn't it? See, Joseph also shows obedience. When the angel of the Lord appears to him and speaks with him, he did what he was commanded to do. No questions asked, no stamping feet. He just does it. And he shows further obedience by not consummating his marriage until Jesus is born. Obedience is acting upon what God tells you to do, but also what he tells you not to do. And here we see Joseph do both. Another great example for us. You see, we, may, we all may be good uh, at, at doing what God tells us to do. That's fine, isn't it? We can do that. We've heard from God. He's told us to do something good and we can get on and do it. But when he tells us not to do something, can we all say the same? And lastly, Joseph ultimately does what he does because he wants to bring glory to God. See, Joseph knew the greater plan God had for his life. And we can know the same. See, when we surrender our plans, when we follow what God has for us, when we allow him to use us, we bring glory to God. You see, it's all because of him and it's all for him. And this is something Joseph knew. And guys, we can too. So I hope this morning, hope you've seen Joseph in a different light, that he was a real man of character. And it was no mistake that he was chosen by God. He was more than just uh, a carpenter. And I also like to think here, and this might be me wondering, but I also like to think that these qualities were passed on to Jesus too. You see, Joseph was there as Jesus was growing as a young boy and a young adult. And not only did he pass on his carpentry skills, we know that, don't we? Jesus was a carpenter. But I also like to think that he passed on some of his character traits too. And actually we do see this in Jesus, don't we? but much more significantly magnified. You see, Jesus lives out what Joseph may have modeled, but Joseph could never live it out. And this is where I want to finish. I want to finish with Jesus, <laughs> because this is what the story is really about. And it's why he used Joseph. If the band want to come back, 
I want to finish with Jesus and I want to finish strong because it is all about Jesus. And those character traits that Joseph had, like I say, Jesus, in Jesus, they were magnified. Joseph was a, a righteous man, <laughs> but Jesus was totally righteous. See, he never sinned. He never wavered. He lived the perfect life. That was for you and for me. Joseph was sensitive to God, but Jesus was totally sensitive to God. He always did the will of his heavenly father. Joseph showed obedience, but Jesus was totally obedient, even obedient to death on a cross. Joseph brought glory to God, but again we see Jesus bringing total glory to God in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. It was all for God's glory. And it's because of this that we today ha can have a relationship with him. And it's because of this that we can follow God's perfect plans for our life. Hmm. I don't know where you are and what plans you have for your life. They may not have materialized yet. But I want you to know that God's not finished with you yet. The plans he has for your life are to prosper you, are to give you a hope and a future. And it may be that we've made some plans and they haven't worked out the way they wanted to yet. But right now, I want you to just sit for a minute. Sit for a minute and close your eyes. And just then work out how far you've come on your relationship with God. On some of the plans he has had for your life. Maybe that some of you need to surrender some of the plans you have today. Just to totally submit again to God. Say, God, I choose today to lay my plans down. I want to follow yours. Because yours are perfect in every way. I want to give you a minute. moment to, to talk to God to thank him for what he's already done thank him that you have got a hope and future that he has got amazing plans for you Father God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you sent your son Jesus for me, for us, for every individual living on this planet. And I want to thank you that because of Jesus, we can have perfect plans. When we choose to lay ours down, to surrender 
sometimes the ones we've made and follow you. (laughs) Your will is perfect for us. And right now, Father God, I just want to say personally myself that I choose to lay mine down. And I want to pick up, Father God, I want to walk into the ones you have for me. Father, help me to follow you. Help me to trust in you. Help me to walk closely with you. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you have plans to prosper us. I thank you that you have plans to give us a hope and a future. I thank you that your plans are perfect for us. Pray that in Jesus' name.